0: Hi and welcome everyone to CRM Rocks. Today's podcast will be about business process flows and with me today I have Karsten Groth. Karsten is currently a technical product manager at FLS and the MVP in dynamic CRMs in 2012. Karsten is responsible for the CRM partner program and developing the roadmap for their portfolio around ISV add-ons. Prior to FLS, he worked for different CRM silver and gold partners as consultant and developers. Since the beginning of CRM4, he has blogged as well as joining different communities like XRM Virtual. Welcome, Karsten Groth.
1: Welcome, Marcus.
0: How are you doing? Well, uh,
1: it's a busy time, you know, Microsoft Dynamics CRM 2013, uh, the new spring wave uh, comes out, so you have to be prepared. And obviously, a lot of stuff, a lot of exciting stuff is upcoming.
0: Yeah, so you have been to uh, the Convergence in Atlanta, just arrived home.
1: Yeah, I've been to the Convergence and seen a couple of my MVP colleagues as well. And, of course, we did a lot of sessions around Microsoft Dynamics CRM
0: 2013 and the new extensions. Was it any good?
1: You know, it it was a huge uh, building we were inside. So, uh, yes, it was a great event, but we did have uh, a lot of miles to walk.
0: All right about the business process flows for those who don't uh, know business process flows or BPS for short. What is it?
1: Okay. Uh, business process flows were first introduced uh, with Microsoft Dynamics CRM 2013 release and the new Forms UI. So business process flows are basically a uh, simple tool set to lead users to different processes based on the UI.
0: Okay, so different processes like, not like processes like workflow processes or?
1: Exactly, not uh, processes like workflow processes, more specific organizational processes like how you entering data, um, how your sales process is ongoing or furthermore what uh, case solutions or case solving solution processes you are using.
0: Okay, so it's, uh, it's something on the forums for those who don't know it. What is it good for?
1: Basically, it is designed for leading the users through the UI and make sure they are entering the right data through the right stage and you can Move in stages upward, uh, forward, and and previous to the the previous stages to walk around the data you have entered. And actually, if you're working in teams on a simple record set, then it helps to discover who has or who is responsible for which data.
0: Okay, so who is responsible for which data? How huh? I I don't follow.
1: Take for, for example, you do have two service, uh, service users actually working on a case. And both of them have to enter data inside the UI form, but uh, uh, to make sure who is entering which data, and in which stage, you can use business process flows to lead those users through the whole process.
0: Okay, interesting. Perhaps we can dig in a little bit about that. Um, uh, do you mean like that you have different process flows for uh, for different users based on their roles?
1: Right. Basically, for example, take a look at a first class service technician who is uh, the first power contact to the to the customer. So. Uh, first, he has to make sure to enter the whole data stuff to um, to recognize what is ongoing, what is the case all about on the customer front end. And then you do have a second one, which is actually working on the case to solve the problem. So actually, uh, the second one is working or is probably working in another business process flow. And you can switch between business process flows. So you can have multiple business process flows enabled on a simple form and users can switch between those business process flows.
0: If I, as a service technician, just enter it, I will see mine and the other person will see theirs or I have to switch to see mine.
1: Actually, it is based uh, on a single business process flow uh, once you kicked that one in. For example, if you are the first contact one, you started a first contact case management to recognize and to enter the whole data stuff. And once you've switched the uh, the business process to the second one, for example, for working on the case management, then you cannot go back to the first one, to the first switches. But there are a couple of workarounds you can have or you can enable inside a form to go back and forward using the data you've entered.
0: So uh, what's uh, BPF not good for?
1: Actually, BPF is not good for, for example, to have something like checkboxes. Or checklists, for example, a couple of times customers are asking, hey, we need something simple, you know, like having a word checklist where you have the multiple worker items and you just want to make sure, okay, worker item one was closed, worker item two was done, worker item three was done. Basically, this is nothing the business process flow was designed for. The business process flow was even not designed for, for just entering data inside. You have to differentiate between the data you have on the form and the data fields you have inside the business process flow. For example, data inside the business process flow is more of, it is actually related data fields to the business process while on the form itself you do have those data fields remaining which just holds basically data for example the customer name or uh, some uh, informations like how many products are in use by that customer or who are the responsible contacts of the customer
0: okay so that was a checklist is it is there anything else? Is there like uh, wizards? Is it good for that? Or
1: actually, you shouldn't use it as a wizard. But um, you know, it depends on how you design or how you how you work with the word wizard. You know, because actually, from the whole standpoint, I would actually say wizard means to take a user inside a business process flow and make sure he's entering data. If you're just thinking about having a wizard on, hey, user, make sure that you've entered this data, um, and it has to be yes or no, then it's definitely not that wizard which the business process flows are built for.
0: So it's not good for like qualifying a lead to a customer?
1: Uh, Basically, uh, qualifying a lead is... Um, is a kind of special business process flow we have inside that system. But uh, it is a mixture between. So um, there is or there are a couple of things you have to remind for. For example, you've talked about wizards. So if you're thinking of wizards like qualifying a lead, from a lead to a a customer or qualifying a lead from lead to a proposal, then you can do this by just using business process flows. But actually, you do not only use business process flows. It is is more of business process flows interaction between those ones and real-time business processes, for example. So you cannot say just only the business process flow is good for lead qualification. Actually, it takes more of that to have a lead qualification.
0: I was starting out by thinking perhaps a comparison to dialogues and then then trying to get the, the word wizard from that. How do you compare dialogues to BPF?
1: Uh, Basically, Dialogues are a a simple helper tool which is actually based on pages where you have simple prompts and responses. If you think of having prompt and responses, it is is just getting a a question and I can answer on that question and I can have multiple questions inside those pages from a Dialog perspective. Um, that is nothing you will find inside the business process flow, because actually inside the business process flow, for example, you're limited in space inside the form. Um, it is not a full page size, which actually is the fact uh, when using dialogue forms. And um, business process flows are even not designed, for example, for requesting data inside dialogues. You can, for example, request data like, um, say, you've entered the account name and then you got the whole responsible context inside that company. You won't find something like this inside the business process flow. But there is one fact you might struggle with, and that's uh, yeah, or that are the filtered lookups inside business process loads which are actually uh, some basic information having an account and then finding responsible contacts in there as well. So you have to remind that there is um, there is a difference between dialogues, simple page, prompt and response and there is the ui form where you do have business processes flows inside
0: okay that's that that sounds actually really good can bpf do strict controls like i want this field required or stuff like that
1: actually business process flows uh, can make sure or inside business flow business process flows you can have something like uh like required fields. But um you should also remember that there are the new notifications inside those forms. So um there are limitations inside the business process flow bar. I would call it business process flow toolbar. Um, actually um because of it is a header something like a header section you will find above of the data form you already entered so you do have the data uh, um, section and you do have on top a business process flow toolbar.
0: Okay but this toolbar you said earlier that BPF ha- had, is- had its own fields connected to the business process flow, is it still the same fields that I have on the entity or is it more fields that is just for the BPF?
1: Um, you can use actually the same attributes you have in, inside the form as well as inside the business process flow but I wouldn't recommend that. So. If you think of, for example, finding an attribute like account name in the data section, you you shouldn't find that the attribute inside the business process flow as well. So there shouldn't be duplicates inside the form because actually um, you will get in trouble if you think of usage of the user in front of the face or in front of the form Um, who's actually taking care of data entry. So basically, all the attributes you can have inside the data section of the form, you can have them as well inside the business process flow. So you do have, uh, for example, single line text fields. You do have lookup fields inside. You do have option sets inside as well as uh, Boolean fields like true, false as well
0: but do you think that it's confusing to the users to have the same attribute twice or is it just that the implementation of this is poorly done that if you f- fill in a, f- a field once and the data doesn't uh, match the other one or
1: it 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 would uh, it would definitely uh, go inside a struggling element, you know. So users would struggle if they would find attributes twice on the form. Uh, For example, having the account name twice on form. So um, if you think of the design process when you design business process flows, you should always make sure that you do find fields inside the business process flow once Or once on the data section form but not twice on the form
0: okay are there anything else that uh, bpf have any limitations
1: yeah there are a couple more limitations for example let me first start by you can have 30 stages so um, this is the maximum number you can have inside one single business process flow and you do have at least five related entities and that's it
0: so was it was it 30 stages per entity or was it 30 stages in total
1: 30 stages per entity you get inside a single business process law okay okay if you think of this one and the limitation of the five entities you you do have the five um entities Um, are related inside a one-to-n relationship. So so, um, there's always um, an action of taking care of that. So, for example, you can have a closed loop um, beginning with a case, then you have, for example, a second stage uh, with a task or a phone call, and then you can close the loop by going back to the case. What you cannot do is from then on, if you have closed the loop, you cannot go back to another entity. So once you've closed the loop, you've closed the loop. So there's no, no um, out-of-box support of having something like branched um, business process laws.
0: Okay. um, uh, Do you think that that's coming or do you think that that's just the way that BPF is designed?
1: Well, we've talked about a lot and, you know, I was at conversions and I've talked a lot uh, with customers and actually we did have a great feedback on that um, with branching using the connect page. So um, every time, for example, customers are feeling there are some limitations with those new uh, feature sets, they should make sure to go on Connect. It's connect.microsoft.com. They should enter um, their expectation of the feature set, and then they should go for a voting of that. And we had something simple for this uh, with the branching as well. So actually, Microsoft is taking care of that and there will be definitely some new stuff for that inside the spring wave and inside the upcoming uh, fall wave as well
0: okay so that's that's cool to know
1: and it's based because of of the feedback of customers you know so it's it's, it's basically your decision you you have made that
0: and i think that's actually a good way to go because if they speculate too much and then don't wait for feedback they might be doing a lot of stuff that nobody wants
1: exactly exactly um it is always uh if if you think of you feel there is a new feature inside but you do think of uh, limitations always think of hey this is just the first wave it is just the beginning so you can manage How it will improve and this is by only adding a simple you know connect item and make sure for example using Twitter or using Facebook or your your social followers just to vote that app
0: have you entered something in into connect
1: Uh, I have entered a lot inside connect and actually I got a lot of votes in inside connect as well yeah I always use connect for okay. this one and i always them there about this, yeah
0: mm-hmm, great so so we said five entities max right now and then you said yes. 30 stages per entity uh, but but how many fields can i add to each stage
1: uh, actually if you think of each stage and you want to to enter data there is a limitation as well uh, it is obvi- obviously those 30 attributes as well inside one stage. Um, but I wouldn't go for that, because actually if you think of current screen dimensions, you would actually find um, that they are not fitting well. For example, uh, a couple of limitations you will find, you cannot control the width. So if you think of the date-time portion field, you will lose the portion of the extension of uh, PM and AM stuff if you think of the rendering because um, inside the business process flow, you do have the same fade out effect, you know, from the data section as well.
0: The labels are faded out. So we have the exactly same effect on the attribute values on BPF. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I mean. So, um labels are fading out and of course the the data fields or or the data portion as well is fading out. And there are a couple of limitations with that. For example, I've introduced using multiple line text fields inside the business process flow. Actually, it wouldn't render the way you would expect because you do have multiple lines you can enter. And while you're entering, entering data, everything looks fine. But if you just step out of that field and, and set the focus to another one, you will just see the first line and the first line actually is faded out. So there are a couple of limitations you have to think of if you are designing business process flow.
0: Yeah, but that, that sounds like a bug, right?
1: Uh, actually, it's, it's not a bug, because actually it is based on the fade-out effect, you know? So
0: ah, all right.
1: The fade-out effect in the new CRM 2013 stuff. And um, if you think of bug or if you think of issue, there might be the issue that you cannot control from where the fade-out starts. And you know what, this is basically something you can add on connect, you know, so add it on connect to have that control. If you want fade out effect, or if you want to deactivate fade out effect, and if you vote that up, probably it will come in one of the next releases.
0: Uh, That one, you might want to search for it first, and see if anybody else has it already on connect, and click vote that up.
1: Exactly, exactly, that's Uh, the same stuff you know Um, it is not only entering new issues inside connect it is first ask yourself if if there's someone who entered your issue in other words so make sure you've searched first and then enter your new issue
0: yeah great but um, okay so this BPF sounds really cool but if I just have upgraded it uh, how do I get it
1: So first of all, if you've upgraded, you will notice that your forms are actually rendered for the new business or for the new UI. But actually, to become a business process flow toolbar on top of that, you have to enable your entities for business process flow management. And this is basically done inside the customization of the entity. So you can do it by uh, going inside settings, going inside customization, and then enter your entity. And um, with a double click on it, on properties, you will have the enabled uh, on enablement for business process flow. Or the other way would be to create a simple solution where you enter your or you're adding your existing forms or entities you want to enable business process flow for and then you go to the properties as well and enable them and basically by enabling them for business process flow two new attributes are introduced to that business process flow entities
0: okay so if i have account already in and 2011 and i upgrade it i have like two forms, one with my old customizations and one with the new form UI and that's where the business process flows are situated?
1: Exactly. You can only enable business process flows for forms with the new UI. So you first have to make sure that your old CRM 4.0, for example, forms are actually transferred to the new CRM 2013 UI.
0: Yeah, and you can deactivate the old ones once you have migrated all the stuff, so it's really easy to to do it.
1: Exactly. Once you've upgraded that and once you've introduced your new forms, you can deactivate the old forms or what you can do is, you know, forms are basically uh, related to security roles, So you can always relate your form to specific security roles. So if, for example, just want to introduce the new form UI for a limited amount of users, you can do so by just adding a simple security role to those new form and enabling that for users, they have this security rule assigned to you.
0: Okay, so you said that uh, I get two more attributes, so that means that if I have a custom entity or a standard entity that not yet have BPF, I can just go ahead and add it to any of those two?
1: Exactly, if you do, for example, have a custom entity and you're enabling this custom entity for business process flow, you will actually notice that you get two attributes added um, by the system. One is the process ID and the other one is the stage ID.
0: Okay, so does that mean that I can't disable BPF once that I have enabled them on the form?
1: Exactly. Once you have enabled it, um, you cannot go back.
0: So if I want to remove it, can I just deactivate it even if the attributes are still there or I always have uh, that on my forms?
1: Um, If you're activating or if you are deactivating the business process flow um, for a form, you will recognize that this is not possible.
0: All right, so it's like adding activities to a, a custom entity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Once it's there, it's there. Once it is set, it's
0: there. Okay, so it's it's like um, if you're creating new entities, you might want to uncheck that and just like, oh, do you want to connect this to activities? Do you want to connect this to notes? Just to add it once it's really needed. Right, right,
1: exactly. You should always think twice. Um, Actually, you will find that uh, that hind inside the properties. So if you think of the properties inside the settings, customization, and your entity is open, um, take a look inside and you will recognize that there are some features you can enable once, and once you have that enabled, you cannot go back.
0: Okay, so if I have created a, a new or using the new BPF on, let's say, an account, can I go to any other relationship or is it just some, some of the standard relationships or what's the limitations there? Uh,
1: the limitations first are, um, as already said, you only have five related entities you can have inside your business process flow. But um, the other ones is you will only find 1 to n related entities. So um, if you think of there are uh, two more relationship types, for example, n to n relationship and n to 1 relationship, and you won't find that entities if you will or if you are selecting the entities inside your business process flow editor.
0: Okay, so uh, does the uh, relationship type then like parental, referential or anything like that make any difference to BPF?
1: Uh, no, actually um, the, the the one and only you can uh, think of is if you have the one to N relationship um, and you have uh, something like cascading style for, for those ones, then... Um, Actually, it all takes care inside the business process flow as well. So um, there is a native support for those ones inside the business process flow.
0: Okay. And you mentioned that there's are uh, two, uh, two new fields, one with the ID and one with the stage name. Is it not like a lookup? Like you have an ID just and, and the name is somewhere else or... What's that about?
1: No, actually it's not a kind of a lookup. You know, um, inside uh, one field you will actually find the string value um, if you would request it and inside the other one you would find uh, native GUID. And uh, if you think of GUID, you might think of, hey, this should be a lookup um, inside um, the Process-related entity, but actually it's not. It's simple uh, a GUI form. So if you think of requesting this data, um, actually it doesn't make sense to 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 make a view outside of it for the users because they would find those 36 uh, 36 characters of the GUI inside it, and that's it. And uh, there's no value for for this one um but there are a couple of MVPs of other MVPs who actually showcased how you can work with real-time workflows and real-time workflow updates to have something like a relationship between uh, the process entity or the business process entity and the business process flow toolbar so um, those are Yuka Niranen and Richard Newton, And if you're visiting their blogs, you will find actually blog articles about how you can use real-time workflows to update data inside those fields as well to make them manageable. For example, if you think of using charts and you want to use charts uh, to showcase in which stage actually your opportunities, for example,
0: are. Okay, so right now there's not actually a real relationship, so I can go and add like a view with the related items. I just have this stage name of the BPF in a separate uh, attribute. That's it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so they have added a new lookup to to actually have the BPF uh, a, a relationship to that. So you you actually have a, a relationship that that you can query on.
1: Actually, if you think of the technique behind, um, there's the plugin which is uh, updating the grid, and so um, there is no relationship updated so it is always an update on grids and if you think of the the data table behind the scenes um, then you will recognize that you have those five entity limitations as well so um, there is no space inside those data tables to enter more than those five entities and those five goods. so that's basically it
0: okay So these BPF stage names, uh, if I'm thinking about, for for example, the sales process and the BPF stage names, should they always match or is that a problem?
1: Uh, If you think of the uh, opportunity like uh, having a proposal and and go through that stage stage.
0: Yeah. Should those match on the BPF stage names? or is that a totally different process for you?
1: Well basically if you think of like I am acting um, with the customer I'm I always requesting um, which is basically the best stage name we can get through um, because of uh, stage names are really really needed for users so if you think of a stage name like, for example, begin, yeah, it's a simple word you you can you can use for your first stage, but uh, it doesn't make sense because actually everyone knows that you're beginning entering data, you know. So um, begin wouldn't be a perfect uh, header name for your first stage. If you think of uh, maybe something like recorded, um, actually it wouldn't be that well-named business stage as well. So think of what is the first stage um, if you think of the design of your business process flow.
0: Okay, but if you have like the opportunity pipeline and you have this sales pipeline, should those two match, do you think, in your opinion? Or is it just that that's confusing to have them the same or is it confusing to not have them the same?
1: Uh, basically, this depends on how you are designing your your reporting stuff. So if you think of designing reportings, um, you maybe should think of having those stage names um, again as the stage process or business process flow headers. Um, But if you don't think of having those inside the reporting, then it doesn't make sense to get those matches inside the system. So you should always think of, hey, is there a reporting need as well? And uh, you should always make sure that you have stage names. Actually, your user knows what the stage name is all for. So it is more of... A stage name uh, than having that for reporting. It is more um, getting the the user to know in which stage my business process is actually on.
0: Okay, perhaps it's just uh, me that has hung hung up on that because uh, i I that was my idea that the users are familiar in in this particular process the sales process they know the terms because they have used the crm system before and we just match them and just try to make the bpf a checklist for the users yeah, yeah. and perhaps we're but, just back to the things that we started with that this is not perhaps the good use for bpf yeah
1: you you, you always think of um, if or, or I'm, I'm thinking in another kind of perspective, you know. So they've introduced a new feature. And with those features comes a new power set, you know. And with those power set, I want to enable users to do their job easier or to do things easier inside the UI interface. And that's um, that's a chance in my eyes. So if you, if you think of... As a chance, you can always have it to control what should be updated from further or from former versions to the new stuff, and where should I introduce new stuff? And basically, what I'm do- doing is I'm redesigning business process flows, so I'm always make sure customers, end users knows what a stage name is all about, and then I'm discussing with them. What are the best stage name, stage names are inside the business process
0: flow. Okay, so you do it together with the, with the customer, of course, and and then you try to to use these new techniques, not to replace the old that you already have, but gain value from it that you didn't gain exactly, before.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's more like. Um, They've introduced it um, not to to make the old stuff working inside the new stuff, you know. They've introduced it to make your life easier and to make things easier. So you should always think twice if there's a chance to, to reorder things or to redesign things, you know.
0: Yeah, so you're not stuck in, in the old perspective and you're just replacing what you already have with business process flows.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you should always think of, you know, um, a couple of discussions as well as you maybe have heard of the business process enhancement inside CRM 2013 white paper. And if you've heard and download that and read all about it, everything is about sales staging, you know, Uh, We we do have more than sales stages. For example, in my eyes, business process flows for case management is a huge amount of of, uh, really good stuff you get inside using business process flow if it comes to case management as well. It's not only everything sales, you know?
0: Yeah, because that was the mindset that I had just earlier. It was the sales process, just mapping what I already have into BPF and, and your example with the with the case managements bring a new value that we didn't have before.
1: Exactly, exactly. We didn't have that before and you should always think of um, interacting users. So a sales user is always interacting for example with a support user as well. So think of if there might be um if there might be situations where both of them um are actually working inside one business process flow and uh, what would be the best stage name then you know so if you think of community working if you think of sharing you should always make sure to to design your business process flows that's actually um why i'm telling customers as well as end users If you start designing a business process flow, first design it offline. Don't design it inside the CRM system. Design it offline, and first of all, use any tool you like, Um, even if it would be a pencil and a white paper where you write down your flow. Um, Just make sure if you think of notification, if you think of, uh, any kind of flow which is ongoing, for example, like working with tasks, phone calls, actions, I would call that actions, you know, make sure to write all those down. And then you will find a simple business process flow inside the CM system for that.
0: Yeah, okay, that sounds like a good plan. and. Do, but do you mean um, these actions should be part of the BPF or it, is it just a base for the BPF?
1: Actually, um, if you think of your actions, um, there is every time there's one action which triggers triggers something. Uh, for example, if you think of, you do have um, um, a sales, Um, business process flow, then you might have uh, an approval. And this approval step is something uh, which I call an action and this is basically something you could always go with the business process flow. If you think of case management for example, there might be the decision uh, which is the best business process flow this case should be worked inside. So, for example, if you are a software company and you do have SLA management, you do have something like um, supported times for different products, you do have maintenance stuff and that ongoing, Think uh, think of something like the case type code, which actually could manage in which business process flow the case you're working inside is ongoing.
0: Okay, so you had a session at Extreme about uh, BPF and you mentioned a couple of lackings, like uh, it loads asynchronously as and it uh, has problems uh, showing, uh, like you said, text areas. And you had a, a power tool for that, or what did you call it? Call it? Yeah, actually, it's uh, called the
1: BPF Helper. Yeah, it's a JavaScript-based library with supported as well as unsupported code. And there are a couple of unsupported lines of code I had to use because actually um, right now there's no way to do it on a supported way. But you do have always to think twice supported and unsupported um, because unsupported doesn't mean that you're actually losing some kind of data, which I would call totally unsupported, like, for example, doing uh, direct SQL calls or something like that. Yeah, adding a trigger in
0: SQL Server.
1: Adding a trigger inside SQL Server, you know, those kinds of totally unsupported things. So um, you will actually find helpers which makes developing with inside the business process flow um, a lot easier. For example, you will find a really nice helper to get filtered lookups working inside business process flow. Um, you will actually have two helpers to help expanding or collapsing the business process flow on Create. Maybe um, if you start a business process flow, you will come to the, to the lack that there is the, once you've created a new record, um, the business process flow is actually not expanded. But there are a couple of situations or a couple of of, um, processes, process situations, where you think of, hey, it would be even better to have it expanded right now. And this this helper library, make sure you do have an easy way to overcome to that one.
0: Okay, I will be sure to add a link to that uh, to the show notes.
1: Yeah, that would be great. A link to bpshelper.coplex.com. Yeah,
0: cool. And uh, this is all based on jQuery, is that correct?
1: Yeah, the business process flow uh, toolbar is actually based on jQuery. So um, I've re-engineered the whole business process flow, the techniques behind um, what framework is is it based on, and actually as you already said, um, what is the loading mechanism of the business process flow as well. So as you all already said there is an asynchronous loading on the business process flow so once you start your your form or once you open your form you will actually recognize that there will be a couple of milliseconds to actually um overcome the time when the business process flow gets rendered
0: yeah and that also adds an aspect if you add your own jquery that might Conflict with the jQuery that's already inside
1: the business process flow is actually uh, based on the jQuery uh, Library and you will recognize that there is uh, a little asynchronously loading once you're Opening a new form you will recognize the loading of the business process flow and actually because it is based on jQuery you will have to make sure if you want to use your jQuery library as well, make sure you're using jQuery, no conflict. Uh, This is something, a method uh, that is actually uh, inside the SDK, and you will find that one, how to use it. And the other thing um, I'd like to mention is if you're using your own jQuery UI stuff, you should also make sure that you are namespacing your jquery ui selectors so if you think of for example you want to use the accordion selector as well make sure that you are uh, you are namespacing that one as well Uh, if you don't do that um, you will probably recognize that the business process flow toolbar isn't rendered well. For example, you do have a background color you don't like to have that one. And this is based on a conflict between your jQuery UI stuff and the jQuery UI, which is ba- basically out of box functionality from the business process flow.
0: Can I use the jQuery that is provided in Dynamic Serum?
1: Um, Actually, if you're using the out-of-box jQuery library, this is something which is unsupported as well. Um, So um, if you think of you want to use your jQuery, you can use your uploaded jQuery library. Um, And if you're using your own jQuery library, make sure you're namespacing it. Okay,
0: great to know. I have, perhaps have a more generic question for you. Uh, what's your favorite ISV product? product?
1: You know uh, there are a couple of ISV products I, I, I'd like to but uh, if you think of ISV products uh, and maybe I got the, the background of your question uh, then it's the ISV product I'm working for uh, with FLS so it's uh, the FLS VZ tour for Microsoft Dynamics CRM, where we extended the default built-in scheduling engine, and uh, we make sure you get the whole extensions for field service management and workforce management inside Microsoft Dynamics CRM.
0: Okay, cool. Do you have any other ASV that you uh, use?
1: Yeah, for example, I'm using the portal integration of ADX Studio a lot, uh, as well as click dimensions, marketing tools, and of course, uh, for example, the group calendar from MSCRM add-ons.
0: Okay, so that's a little bit of everything.
1: Uh, You know, it's uh, it's always uh, orchestrating ISV solutions, because actually I've worked Uh, for implementation partners as well. And if you ask me, should we reinvent the wheel and do everything on our own, or should we ask the customer to work with ISV partners as well? I would actually go the second way. So introducing an ISV partner who maybe have uh, a well-fitting solution for that one, which can be adapted inside the customer situation, and uh, fitting the customer needs so i'm always go the way for orchestrating things and i'm always i always want to make sure to be up to date what uh, uh, isv partners are offering with microsoft dynamics crm
0: and by that way trying to give your customers more value for the time invested
1: Um, more value for the time invested and actually um to get to get to a to a kickstarter system as soon as possible. So if you want to make sure um, to have a kickstarting system, um, and you uh, you think of implementation timelines, um, how much time, for example, do I need for training my users? It is always easier to work with well proven and market approved uh, ISV solutions.
0: Okay, so uh, what's your next challenge, Karsten? Uh,
1: the next challenge uh, I'm actually working on is live tiles inside business process flows.
0: Okay, so uh, what's that? Uh,
1: this will be a new product actually uh, introduced at uh, um, at Extreme. We do we did have several developers building Windows live tiles and Windows Live tile elements for Microsoft Dynamics CRM. And uh, what we are going to do right now is we are in a project where we do want to introduce an easy to use um, library for having Windows Live tiles inside CRM 2013 forms. So if you think of a Live tile and uh, what possibilities you you do get out of a Live tile, for example, a simple data view of uh, what is ongoing, uh, something like an RSS feed or something like uh, having a counting number for how many task items are associated or are related to a different entity. Then Windows Live tiles are making uh, the visibility a lot easier for users. So um, that's basically a project I'm right now working on and we do want to get those stuff um, actually rolled out um, as soon as possible.
0: Okay, thank you Karsten for your participation in CRM Rocks.
1: Thank you Markus and uh, yeah, great stuff for CRM Rocks and keep on rocking.
0: Yes, thank you. And thank you for listening and don't forget that you can comment on crmrocks.com See you next time on serum Rocks.